reading for today comes from 1 Samuel chapter 2. Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen ephod. His mother used to make for him a little robe and take it to him every year when she went up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Then Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord repay you with children by this woman for the gift that she made to the Lord. And then they would return to their home. Now the boy Samuel continued to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and with the people. Our second lesson comes from the book of Colossians chapter 3. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I feel like we should probably stand for the gospel. Yeah. The gospel for today, the first Sunday of Christmas, comes from Luke chapter 2. Now every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. The Gospel of the Lord, you may be seated. Okay, it's time to vote. Who wants to hear about 1 Samuel? One, two, three, and a half. No, three, okay. I think Samuel's probably gonna be up too. How about Colossians? One, two, three, four, five. Kind of looks like it's going to be Luke, yeah? <laughs> Luke? <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe eventually all three, depending I'm on how dead. long I can remember. <laughs> all three? Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> okay, good Lord, pray for me. <laughs> May the grace and peace of our triune God.
God be yours today and forever. Amen. About six or seven years ago, we hadn't been here real long, my extended family had a uh, reunion at a park over in West Omaha. It actually worked out really nice that we didn't have to drive very far. But we had, my dad's got extended family that lives out in Denver, and of course people all kind of over the Midwest, so Omaha was a nice central spot. It worked out really nicely for me that way. I didn't have to drive. But so it was at this park that was next to a lake. And at one point, my son and actually the, my youngest cousin on my dad's side, who is only about three years older than Jack, said, well, we're going to go down and we're going to go fishing. And we're like, okay, we're, we're at a lake. You're not going to go very far. So they go down over the bank and they're fishing. And a little bit of time went by and we're all jabbering and jabbering and jabbering like you do at family reunions. And then it was time to start taking all the big extended family pictures. And so we're trying to get everybody rounded up. And I thought, oh, well, the boys are still down there fishing, so I'll just hop down there and find them. And I watched what direction they went, so I walked down there to look, and do you think I could find those two boys? Do you think I could find those two boys? No. We got a little audience participation going on. No, I couldn't find them. I couldn't look. I, I didn't know where they were. And, I mean, I could see everywhere, so I'm like, where did they go? And I popped back up. I thought, well, maybe they came back up to the shelter and came up and got a snack or something. So I come back up and I look, can't find them. And I start to ask around, like, hey, has anybody seen Jack? Anybody seen Kyle? No? 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 <laughs> How many parents have been in this boat before? Probably all of them at one time or another. Yeah. We had no idea where they went. So we're all hollering, trying to find them. We're looking, we're looking, we're looking, we're looking. And we're starting to ask around other people, hey, have you seen two guys about that size? Do we know where they are? And for like 45 minutes, we can't find these two boys. And we're panic-stricken. When all of a the sudden, they come walking up over the bank. They had been 25 feet away from where I'd been standing, around this little tiny bend, sitting down. I don't know why they couldn't hear us hollering, but they couldn't. But they were right where they were supposed to be. They, they, I mean, from me to the sound box back there is where they were at. They hadn't done anything wrong. But we were all losing our minds because the boys are lost and we don't know where they are. It's probably the worst feeling any parent could ever have. Now, I've been on the other side of that, too. You've probably, maybe you've heard me tell the story about when I got lost at the mall. I'm not going to go into that one right now. Just know that, hey, I've been there, too. But that sensibility is what we have in the gospel today. I kind of really appreciate the fact that Jesus was born a day and a half ago, and now he's 12 years old. We've gone through a very, okay, timeline. Like, we started the year he was born, we're clear over here now. <laughs> because he's, he's 12. 12 years of age in the Jewish culture, especially at that time, was the cusp of adulthood. And that's part of what leads into this whole situation. So every single year, they go from Nazareth in the north, they go down to Jerusalem for the, the festival, for the Passover festival. It's kind of, yeah, the light just flashed. I saw it, Bill. I see you looking up there. It's kind of their, their big one. They have three different festivals every year, but Passover is their big one. Passover is kind of the, the equivalent to Easter for, for us in the Christian faith. So they're all there, and the whole community is there. And then the Passover festival is done, and they're going to go home. They're going to travel home. 
And the way that they traveled is sort of where this whole like mix-up comes from. So the men all travel together in the front. And then the children are in the back with the women. And no, I don't like the arrangement, but that's what they did. And so they're all traveling together, and they travel a day's journey. Well, so Jesus is 12. He's on the verge of adulthood. So he could be up front with the men, or he could be in the back with the women and the children. And now here's the epic fail on the part of mom and dad. <laughs> they didn't check. <laughs> Mary's like, oh, I bet he's up there with Joseph. And Joseph's like, I bet he's back there with Mary. And they carry on and they're journeying and they're chatting away and everything's happy and joyful until they've gone an entire day, which was probably, I don't know, 15, 20 miles they walked. And then all of a sudden when they're making camp, Mary's like, hmm, I wonder where Jesus is at. And Joseph's probably like, the game's on. What? What's going on? Nope, bad joke. Okay. But they start to look and they can't find him. And just like that day at the lake, I'm sure the anxiety is going up and up and up and up. Where is Jesus? And when they realize they left him back in the city, they got to travel that day's journey back again. And then they spend not 45 minutes, but they spend three days looking around the city for him, trying to find him. Now, I can imagine that they were both having meltdowns this entire time. When Jesus has essentially spent the better part of a week, five days, day of travel, three days, uh, day, another day of travel, three days of searching, he's been hanging out in the temple. And as he tells us, when Mary gets after him, I'm in my father's house. I'm where I'm supposed to be. Just like the boys had been doing what they were supposed to be, Jesus is where he's supposed to be. Now, we hear, well, we don't exactly hear how Mary responds to that or how Joseph responds to that. Maybe they're like, hmm. <laughs> do we scold him for this or do we not? Because he's hanging out in church. I mean, temple, but yeah, same deal. And there's something special about this kid, and they know it. They were both told before he was even born, this boy, this child is also God. This is the Messiah. And we might not fully grasp what that really means. And I'm sure Mary and Joseph didn't really fully grasp what that meant either. But they've been raising this child who is in every way human and is every way divine too. And I'm sure this is not the only time that Mary and Joseph were tearing their hair out with a kid. <laughs> Teenagers, am I right? <laughs> but, dang it, my brain just went blank. The, the joy. Now you've reached the point where you stump the pastor. <sighs> this this child who's been born for us, not only for his parents but for us, has come to do the work of his father. And we're better for him to continue to learn what that is and to talk about what that is than there in the temple with the priests. We hear he's teaching them; they're teaching him. I can only imagine our most active confirmation classes when we're going back and forth. You suppose it was like that? Was Jesus telling them what was going on? Maybe, because the kids keep me on my toes. God keeps us on our toes, doing things that we can never understand, that sometimes make us tear our hair out, and sometimes make us wonder, what are you up to? And I bet Mary and Joseph were like, Jesus, what are you doing? What are you up to? What I appreciate the most about the scriptures 
is that it's honest about what it means to be human. Right? Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's wonderful. Sometimes it's messy. More often than not, it's all of them mixed into one. And we have a God who loves us so much that that God decided to live it for himself. And I'm sure there were times when Jesus was like, this is really messed up right now. This is weird. Mom, Dad, leave me alone. It's fine, okay? I'm hanging out. That God became human for us. We heard that from the angel two nights ago. To you was born this day, or two days ago, in the city of David, a Savior. This is good news for you and for all of you. It's for you. Amen. Now you want to hear another one? <laughs> Samuel was a kid. <laughs> and he was a very unexpected minister, but he was. Samuel would go on to be not only a judge, also a prophet, and he would anoint the first two kings of Israel. And he tore his hair out to the DJ at times. He would get older. Um, he brought hard news to Eli, the priest who we hear about in the story. Uh, and this boy who had been dedicated to the service of the Lord when he was born um, grew up in a temple, not the temple, but a temple. And the word of the Lord was with him. Samuel is a good example for us that God calls unexpected people whether we think they're qualified or not. The word of the Lord comes from all of us to carry out in the world. I think that makes us apostles? Maybe? Yes, no? What do you think, Julia? Are we apostles? Yes, kind of, yes. Yes and no. Tension, we live in it. Okay, that's what I got for Samuel. Colossians, I love that passage. Is that your guys' wedding verses? Do we use that one? I am putting you on the spot. It was mine, and I know that from 20 years ago. You're supposed to know. I think it was. It was, yes. Okay. That's a wedding verse. Um, be thankful for the times that we have, that we share with one another. Uh, when we mess it up, forgive each other. Amen. 